My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. There are over 4 million pornographic websites, which is equal to about 12% of total websites. Together, the paid sites combined profit is more than the total combined of football, baseball, and basketball franchises worldwide. And the largest consumer group of internet porn users are between ages 12 and 17. It's not surprising that porn has rapidly become our culture's sex education, as we've been speaking about here, particularly since conversations about real sex are so lacking and we have endless free porn available at our fingertips. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I have a very special guest with me today. Since being negatively affected by her ex-boyfriend's porn dependency, Rachel Kona has recently used her passion and skills as a writer to help spread the message about porn addiction, a very real and serious growing problem. Her work has appeared in a variety of publications, including Playboy, Cosmopolitan, Maxim, and The Frisky, and we're so fortunate to have her joining us via Skype today. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. How did you first realize that your ex had an issue with porn addiction? Um, well, it, it took a little while. Um, I knew that he watched porn frequently, um, but I didn't really think much of it. I kind of just thought, oh, he's, he's like, you know, kind of alpha male kind of guy, you know, whatever. Um, but when we were being intimate, um, he had a problem getting hard and staying hard and um, achieving orgasm. And, you know, at first I kind of thought, me, like, does he not find me attractive? And, you know, the typical kind of things that women might think in that situation. Um, and he always assured me that that was not the case. And, um, but neither of us really knew what it was. Like, he even he didn't know. He just thought, like, well, if you, if you just try this position, I'll, I'll come, or that position. And, Nothing was really working, and then he, he thought maybe he'll take Viagra. Um, and then I started, I heard briefly about Don, Don John, the movie about, you know, a guy who's addicted to porn. And I saw that trailer, and that's kind of what made me think, is this, does this have something to do with it? And I Googled porn addiction, and, well, I know, I Googled porn and erectile dysfunction is what I Googled. And all this stuff came up about all these stories from men who were saying that, had a really hard time maintaining erections and having sex to completion with their partners because they were watching porn every day. Um, and that's when the dots started to connect, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And um, and that's when I brought it up to him. Wow. I actually just read a study, too, that there are even certain types of erectile dysfunction that are only caused by porn and that, you know, as you said, with, with your ex, they, they try to take medications. We see all these commercials by Viagra, and often they don't even mm -hmm. work. Uh, how did your uh, ex-boyfriend respond when you presented him with that as a possibility? 
Um, he was kind of like open to it. He's like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. He was he was kind of on the fence, but open to the fact that maybe that could be the case. And I think he wanted to solve it too. You know, it's embarrassing for both parties. It's not just me feeling bad. He felt bad. He wanted to be able to perform as well. So um, that's when I was like, you know, why don't we just try no masturbation for a week? Don't watch porn. I, you know, won't use a vibrator. Not that I really did that much, but I was just to make it even. I was like, let's just neither of us do any of that. Um, and after a week of him not doing it, there was a marked difference. He actually made a tally on my little uh, chalkboard or dry erase board. And of the times that he would come um, having not masturbated. And it was, it was insane. I mean, it went from, I don't know, 30% to something like 70%. Wow. It was a big difference. That's amazing yeah. that it can make a Stop. difference that quickly in both directions, you know, that even a week off made a big difference. Yeah, and, and we were both actually really happy about it. We kind of made a game out of it. and was like kind of giggle. And he's like, oh, I came. And I was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. So, you know, it was really good at first. Um, but I think, and this is where I guess the addictive quality of it comes in or compulsive quality, however you want to say that. He, after a certain point, kind of, missed it and felt like he had to go back to it in order to really be satisfied. And, you know, I find that he would do it more often, let's say, if he was stressed out at work. It was like, you know, the stress reliever, so like you can just, you know, do it really quickly. So he slid back into it. Um and that's that's the unfortunate part. Um but, you know, he did know that it was a problem. And I as I understand it from your your article, it it ended up being a pretty big factor in your parting ways. Did things kind of uh, go downward from there, or did you have kind of a, you know, was it a an open discussion about porn use that was kind of the, the breaking point, or how did that all happen? Uh, well, there's definitely other factors that contributed to the breakup, um, but porn was definitely uh, a big factor um, because I think, although he was happy with the result at first, once he kind of realized, like, he quote-unquote needed it or that he was, you know, addicted to it and that he he wasn't really comfortable giving it up 100%, um, once he realized that and the fact that he still couldn't perform, I think it kind of, in his mind, I mean, I don't know, this is the way I'm perceiving it, it's like a rock and a hard place where it's like, well, I want to be intimate with this woman that I love, but I need this, I need this drug. And so, as I kept confronting him, like, listen, you need to stop. You need to stop with the porn. Like, you need to be present with me. Like, the relationship is about you and me, not you and a computer. Then he started to kind of snap and be like, that's when he started to say things that were really mean and, like, not very nice. And, you know, maybe you need to pop it more. And, uh, I mean, he said it more vulgarly than that. Um, you know, maybe you just don't know how to get me off. Maybe I can only get off with women I don't care about. That's when things sort of slide downhill when it's almost like he just couldn't give it up and was kind of resenting me for asking him to give it up. But um, it was really more about me wanting us to have a solid, intimate relationship um, that didn't involve a third party. Um, and what I think is interesting that I also want to point out is because, you know, I was open to trying things that he wanted to try from porn. Um, but when he would try them with me, he would kind of flip and, and be like, oh, I can't do it because I love you. So he had a very hard time. It wasn't just the ED. He had a hard time with 
seeing someone he loved in the same way that he saw uh, a porn star. Um, it was very hard for to bridge the gap between sex as a physical function and sex and intimacy with women you care about. Interesting. And obviously, they're very different. Uh, you know, sex as it's presented in porn is so different from what happens in, in real life. And as you mentioned, it affected yeah. your intimate life quite a bit. How, what are the effects intimately? What what are the major kinds of signs or, or risks that happen as far as the emotional parts of a relationship? Um, I think emotionally, um, there's like a, a, it's like a living in a fantasy world, a sense of disillusionment, like a break with reality. And, you know, I'm sure plenty of people can watch porn and not have that problem. However, in his case, he would say things like, you know, you weren't as enthusiastic as Angelina Valentine. That was his porn star, like his favorite one. And I, it was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, first of all, she gets paid, number one. Number two, I am enthusiastic without going over the top. Right. Like, the thing is, porn isn't real. A lot of this stuff, the moans and the drugs, it's not real. Like, I don't, I don't have an orgasm from giving a blowjob. No woman does because you don't have a clitoris in your mouth. Like, but do I enjoy it? Was I making it clear that I enjoyed it? Yes, of course. But um, am I going to jump on you every single day when you walk in the door? No. Like, I did sometimes, but not all the time. So there was this kind of like, this, he he couldn't bridge the, the gap. He didn't understand why I was not behaving like a porn star. And it's like, I have a job. I come home. I'm cooking dinner for you. You know, it's like, yeah, you're there, human. there's so much more to it than that. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. And the irony is, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's just so interesting to me what you mentioned because it's basically the difference between, you know, a performer, you know, we were talking about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about kind of, you know, porn versus real sex. We had Cindy Gallup uh, on who, who educates on that. And one thing that I hadn't thought about is the fact that porn, everything is set up to be camera friendly. So it's like, you know, everything, there's no, there's not as much physical touch. Everything's facing the camera. Everything's way overblown, all these things. And so many people are believing and even being raised, like little kids are starting to, you know, believe that that's what sex is. And that's, that's just really sad. It's really sad. Cindy Dallas is great. I think what she's doing is great. And she's showing on her website, makelovenotporn.tv. I think that's what it is. She's showing that how real people have sex. And it's completely different than porn. And I think for, it's no different than if I were to go up to my boyfriend and ask him why he's not acting like so-and-so in a romantic comedy, you know, like, of course not. A romantic comedy is not real. You know, it's something you watch and you're like, oh, it's cute. And that's, but then you, you go back to real life and you, you understand what's real. Um, so yeah, it's the same thing. And it's really sad that unfortunately some people do think that porn is real. Absolutely. And it's, you know, if it's the only sex education they really get, because one thing that I love that you're doing is you're speaking up about this. And I think there's so few conversations about real sex going on. You know, we, we see porn, we, everyone's very hush hush about sexuality, but it's splashed all over the place in these kind of real mm -hmm. grandiose ways and things like that. So what, what do you feel compelled you to be comfortable or, or have you been comfortable uh, speaking about your experience? Um, well, I do write about um, sex and relationships and stuff in general, so I'm pretty open with the topic to begin with. Um, but I didn't write this just to sort of be fallacious or anything like that. I wrote it because 
when I was going through this, I was like, what is going on? Like, I had no idea what was happening, why he was having ED. I couldn't figure it out. Um, he couldn't figure it out. And I had nowhere to turn except, like, the Internet. And even then, I was, like, trying to figure out what the solution is. And I just felt like, why aren't no, like, why is nobody talking about this? Why is there not more of a discussion? Like, people used to be, like, I feel like really anti-porn, and now it's kind of cool to be sort of pro-porn. And no one's talking about what happens when you literally masturbate every single day, sometimes multiple times a day, you know, or hours on end, you're surfing the Internet all day long when you come home from work. I mean, people aren't talking about how that affects you. And not just from a physical standpoint, but emotionally. I mean, it's a sad story. It, you know, again, it's not about um, sensationalism, but it's, like, I would not wish this from anybody. Like, I hope that, if, you know, if this doesn't affect you, you don't get anything out of this. You're like, I watch porn, I'm cool, my penis works, I'm fine. You know, good for you. But I just, for all the people out there, for the guys who are, like, feeling really bad about themselves, like, oh, my God, why can't I get hard? And for all the women who are, like, with a guy, wondering why he can't perform and wondering what's wrong with them. Like, I wrote this story for them, and hopefully it'll help them, and we can start a dialogue. And also for young boys out there. I mean, if you're if you're raising a son, you know, I think it's important for parents to be aware that they can jerk off all the time to the Internet, and it's going to be accessible, and it's going to be there. So what are you going to do about it? And do we want to raise boys that have problems with intimacy and erectile dysfunction? I mean... I mean, that's just the worst. There's nothing sexy about erectile dysfunction. Of course. There just isn't, you know? Right, and it affects, you know, both people in the relationships. And it's also becoming much more prevalent among among girls and and women, too, porn addiction. So it's, you know, it's it's definitely something that I feel like we can't just say, oh, my kid's not doing it, or, you know, we we aren't going to talk about it because it's embarrassing, or, you know, the conversations definitely need to be there. Have you been hearing from you know, readers and, and other people, have people reached out to you to, to kind once you've spoken up about it, have you heard from others who are experiencing similar uh, situations? Um, I've heard, I mean, I've had people sort of get really excited about it on Twitter. Um, I read some of the comments on the articles. I haven't read all of them because there's just too much. For everybody that's supportive, there's also like some crazy lunatic who's just <laughs> there to just, just yeah. Say mean things and spin, you know, your own personal story into something else that it's not. Um, so I have, you know, heard people that are supportive, people who are not supportive. Um, so, and there's some of the stories out there. Like if you just Google no fap on Reddit, there's, I mean, it's story after story from guys who are like, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. I can't, you know, I can't get it up. Um, so yeah, I have heard, um, that from people, but I try to keep it positive. Like I don't really want to focus on the people that are going to, you know, say this is like anti-man or feminist crap or, you know, I really want to just stick to the facts and stick to the story and try to send a, a hopeful message out there. Sure. And I think you really are, you know, and as you said, it's a human issue. It's not about, you know, political party or anything. It's, it's our sexuality and it's our health. And because mm-hmm. obviously porn addiction isn't like this exciting you know, fun thing for anybody. It's, it's, you know, it's something that, like you said, breaks. I, I actually read that it's, you know, a huge uh, cause of divorce now. I mean, there's all kinds of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, repercussions and, 
And as you said, people feeling alone, which is uh, really tough when you're dealing with something that's hard already and difficult to endure, but then also feel like you don't have anybody to talk to. What would you recommend to somebody who, say somebody's listening right now and they go, oh, this kind of sounds like me and my boyfriend, husband, and partner. What What is kind of a good first step to um, either bring it up as a conversation piece or just sort of, um, you know, to, to try to, to get help if they need it? Um, I mean, definitely talk about it first. Um, you might want to do a little bit of research on it just to maybe understand and have some sort of backing, but definitely talk about it. And it's a sensitive subject. I mean, I, I was scared to talk about it because it's like you're bringing up someone's erectile dysfunction. Like, you don't want to make them feel bad or shame them by any means. So, you know, bring it up very gently. Just, you know, I kind of just said, you know, I'm kind of concerned. I'm just wondering. Um, if maybe the ED is related to, you know, masturbating all the time, the porn. I mean, they go hand in hand. It's not just the masturbation, but watching porn. Um, do you think that's an issue? You know, what do you think about that? And that's kind of how it started for me. And um, for women who, I felt like I also had to, to uh, I guess, take some responsibility in the sense, like, I didn't want him to feel like he was out on a limb. So I was like, well, I'm not going to use a vibrator. So that was another way of um, making it a smoother transition so he didn't feel like I was just attacking him. Sure. You know, because I wasn't. And it's more of a team um, effort. And though. I don't know. If I use a vibrator every day, maybe I would have a problem too. I, I don't know. You know, I th- I would imagine it has more to do with – because I was – I think you mentioned this in your article too, but I just read the study about, you know, the way that porn affects the brain. People who are addicted especially – uh, the part of the brain that uh, lights up when people are heroin addicted lights up from mm-hmm. porn, yeah. you know, so it's so much of it has to do, I think of it a lot in a, you know, it's different, but like kind of like fast food. It's like if we're eat, eating something, consuming mm-hmm. something that is meant to be, it's really, it's designed to be addictive. You know, that's how people mm-hmm. make money and all this stuff. And if that's your entire diet, then broccoli does not taste good. <laughs> you know, it's like we, we yeah, lose sense of what exactly. is real. So uh, have your views, your personal views about porn uh, changed through this experience or have they remained kind of similar? Yeah, absolutely. They've definitely changed. I mean, for, I'm not here to like sort of preach or tell people what to do with their personal lives. You know, that's not what I'm here for. But for me personally, I'm just like, I'm done. I'm over it. I don't want to ever be in a relationship where porn is ever a factor at all. Like, if you watch it sometimes when you're single, occasionally, fine. But I don't want to ever be in a situation again where it's this much of an issue. I don't watch it ever. I mean, I've watched it in the past, but I'm just, I'm so turned off by the whole thing. And I'm like, you know what's sexy? is of somebody in person, like flesh and blood, not, not you know, pixelated images. That's just not sexy. Like, I'd rather have a real person in front of me. That's hot. That's just a turn on. Um, so for me, porn has just become a turn off. I just think it's gross. I don't think um, any of it's real. I don't think it's, you know, focused on a woman's pleasure. Like, what about what we want? You know, I had things like handcuffs and sex swings and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, it wasn't what he saw online. So therefore, it was irrelevant. You know, so I just feel like it's just so much sexier to explore your intimacy with your partner as opposed to depending on on porn for it. Sure. Yeah. And I, I love what you mentioned earlier. You said something about, 
you wanted a relationship where there wasn't a third party. It's like you really, if it becomes an addiction, you are in a three entity relationship. So it makes sense that you'd want, you know, have standards. And the thing is, we don't need porn. It's not like, you know, an essential nutrient or something. So why don't we find, and now there's so many other options available, which is great. You know, I get really, I don't watch porn for, for many different reasons, like the hardcore porn. Um, but mm-hmm. one of them is because I have an addictive personality and I just feel like I don't want to not be turned on because I, women especially are so turned on by kissing, watching somebody kiss, you know, it's like, I don't want to lose yeah. that. It's you, you lose like foreign films when you see the really sexy scenes. I mean, that is so beautiful to me. And it's so much more interesting when there's like a character in a story. Yeah, I like some of the older stuff where it's like, you know, storyline and a plot, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, the stuff that you just see on the internet now where it's just like shove it in. I don't really find that to be a turn on at all. Um, but yeah, like I said, for me, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah, I'm like, I can see why. So I, I, don't blame like, you. I just can't even like <laughs> yeah. deal with that in a relationship anymore. It was just like a big black cloud. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. I mean, it's you. Like you said, both people really suffer, so it's not just one person um, dealing with it. Uh, do you have more plans for uh, activism or outreach, or um, are you doing more speaking? What are some of your uh, goals with all of this? Um, you know, I'm not, I don't really know because it wasn't something I sort of started out with as an idea. I wasn't like, I'm going to be this anti-porn activist. So it just kind of like happened and I felt like I'd tell a story. So. I'm open to speaking more if, you know, anybody wants to have me speak. I'm happy to tell my story and spread the word and um, educate people about it from my point of view. Um, but I'm not, like, trying to go out of my way to, I don't know, focus the engagement or something like that. But um, in any way I can spread the word, I'm totally happy to do it. That's very admirable. I love that. And you also write, you said about sex and relationships. Are those your main topics? Um, yeah, it just seems like people like to read about that. Uh, but I do like writing about other things. Like, I, you know, I've written a little bit about travel and, like, pop culture and stuff like that. But for some reason, everyone just gravitates towards those stories from me anyway. Um, so, yeah, I just ended up writing about, about stuff like that. Nice. And they're available. People can find your work on your website, right? RachelKona.com? Yeah, they can go on my website, and there's a bunch of other stuff. And there's some lighter fare, too, so it's not all just, like, you know, heavy, bad stuff. Yeah, awesome. Well, her uh, website, y'all, is rachelkona.com. Her last name is spelled K-H-O-N-A. She's also active on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, Rachel Kona. Okay, easy enough. So first and last name. Um, And you can learn more about porn addiction on my blog later this week, augustmclaughlin.wordpress.com, or by Googling Girl Boner and visiting my main website, which is just augustmclaughlin.com. I hope you'll also join us on the Girl Boner Facebook page and on Twitter. Let us know what you thought about today's show. Have you had experiences with porn addiction? Are you concerned that you're porn addicted? Anything that you'd like to share, we love your respectful thoughts. You can reach us throughout social media. And if you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes if you haven't and leave us a simple review while you're there. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.